welcome to House of Decline, the show about uh, our mental states progressively getting worse and worse and worse until we end it in a uh, group suicide pact. Uh, we will drink the we will drink the Bebo. We will drink the poison Bebo. Remember Bebo? Then the piano it sounds like a carnival, and the microphone smells like a dick. <laughs> Sucking a dick, the piano man, eating up all of the cum. And they sit at the bar and put bread in my ass and say, man, what are you doing here? Ducks eating bread out the piano ass, (laughs) getting the ducks to lick at my ass. Ducks licking asses all over the place, up in Long Island town. I don't know. Fucking Billy, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. The Billy, the Billy Jewel. He's the Billy he's, Jewel he's, of Long he's Island. The, he's the Jewel. He's the Jewel of New York. Yeah, everybody loves him. Uh, there is something which about there is some sort of like hokey sentimentality that is apparent in New York. That's what's funny about New York is they're tough guys, but they're also hokey and sentimental. Mm-hmm. And that's the quality of the New Yorker. That's why, you know, that's, I, I would even, like, call uh, Scorsese's meditations on the beauty of New York and, and its colorfulness uh, smacking of a type of sentimentality, which you need to be tough, tough guy sentimentality, you know? Yeah, they're it's very like when a monster sings Nessun Dorma or something like mm. that. You think it's Ital- the Italianness that is the senti- where the sentimentality comes from? I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's the Italianness of New York. It's the Jewishness of New York. Are Jews more sentimental than Italians? I think Italians are more sentimental. Jews are pretty sentimental. Jew, Jews are very sentimental, I would say. I guess because Italians are always like ah, remember the Roman times, and Jews are always like ah, remember the Roman times. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> We're always reasons. hearkening back. We're always we're all doing return. R e t v r n. We're all doing. We're all returning acts. William Martin Joel, you come practice piano. <laughs> I was a piano boy, but then yeah. I became the piano man. This is the story of how a piano boy became a piano man. Yeah. <laughs> I would love, has there been like a Billy Joel biopic, like a, a very canonical Billy Joel biopic? I don't know. I know. Like that Rocket Man, but for Billy Joel. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, is it Andrew Garfield in a movie about the guy who just died? Which guy? Who, what guy who just died? Uh, one of the big um, musical theater guys. Oh, uh, Stephen Sondheim. He plays Stephen Sondheim. I think so. Very funny. Andrew Garfield seems a bit too lanky to play Stephen Sondheim. They should have gotten Josh Gad. Um, Woo! Let me see. I don't know if it's about uh, Sondheim or if it's a different musical theater guy. Was it about Leonard Bernstein? He's He's got the body for Bernstein. I tell you that much. Hmm. The flowing way. Yeah, he's got Bernstein energy, but Sondheim should be played by like a short, dumpy guy like me. Get me to play Sondheim. I'd be a great Sondheim. Yeah, you should do it. Yeah. Why don't there's you do like, it? There's a, yeah, he's the history of short, dumpy, bearded Jewish gay men. It's him and Maurice Sendak and 
Lots of lots of guys like that. Sondheim was gay, right? I'm not making that up. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. So Andrew Garfield is he's not playing Sondheim. He's playing uh let's see. Jonathan Larson? Jonathan Larson. Uh I recognize that name. Is that Normal Heart? That's not Normal he get, Heart. The Rent. He made Rent. Oh, he made Rent. But he wasn't gay, which was funny. He was gay. Oh, he was gay? Was he? I don't think he was gay. Isn't every, everyone's gay now? Everyone's uh, a little bit gay now. Everyone was gay back then. And I think he was uh I think he was a straight guy. But Rent isn't, you know, it's it's focuses it's focuses on a heterosexual couple. Yeah, it's about uh, paying rent. It's very boring. It's yeah. mostly t- typing on a typewriter. Well, it's a, a it's a very it's very Gen X, you know, very reality bites, very like we've come we're still benefiting off the largesse of our end of history moment. Oh, okay. I know so, why I think I know why I thought it was Sondheim. The 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 guy Larson is like highly influenced by Sondheim and wrote a song uh-huh. um an homage to Sondheim who supported him and they would write he wrote letters of recommendations for him. He won the Stephen Sondheim Award. So, Have you ever seen Rent? I think I... Um, is that the one with all the drag queens? No. And they I have to pay, there's have not to a lot of drag queens your, in Rent. For the boy pussy, is that what it is? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh. uh, hmm. There was very little use of the term boy pussy in Rent, actually. It's, okay. it's sad. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm thinking of the wrong one. Well, it's uh, there is the they have to pay rent. Uh, it's they're all and they're also all living with HIV, and uh, it is loosely based on Lab OM. I've never seen it. Doesn't seem like my sort of thing, you know. Huh? There yeah, seems you're, to you're be. not into the HIV stuff. Well, no. you don't. You don't. You if don't, it you don't invo- care I, for it, I didn't watch Philadelphia. Didn't care for it. Didn't want Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> right out. None of these movies. Um, none of. I can. I can I, take I, none of it. Speaking of movies, I couldn't. I started and couldn't finish at all. I got like twenty minutes into Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain, which is uh, a two thousand and three epic Civil War movie. Yeah, Jack White is in it, which is very funny. Is he? I didn't get that. Yeah, Jack White has a small role in Cold Mountain. Oh, man, that's funny. I didn't even get that far. Very 2003 thing. It sucks. Uh, It was very popular. It was a very popular piece of, like, fictional, uh, like, Oprah Book Club-style literature where everyone was reading it in the same vein where, like, Brokeback Mountain would become two years later. But Brokeback Mountain is of is of presumably higher quality. I think it's one of the last movies of that kind, like the sweeping, um, like Gone with the Wind, David O. Selznick Civil War epic. This well, the sweeping historical epic. Um, I think that the you know the the one people talk about that failed or flopped was Heaven's Gate. Mm -hmm. Um, but this movie, Cold Mountain, is directed by the same guy who did The English Patient. Mingella. So it's like, I don't know. I, English Patient's another movie I would probably like start, watch 20 minutes of, and then just like turn it off in disgust. Yeah, that's also been relegated to the dustbin of history, where it was very popular at the time and represented sort of a, uh, represented sort of a cultural shibboleth for like the, the uh, NPR listening crowd. 
Mm-hmm. They oh you got to watch the they even made the Seinfeld episode about it where all of Elaine's society friends love the English Patient and she thinks it's very boring. Right. Uh, and I think people have come to the conclusion about those movies. I I don't know. I haven't seen either of them. I I might watch it and find that's inc- it's incredibly my shit. It's incredibly my jam. I don't think you'll find Cold Mountain to be your shit at all. I haven't watched any Merchant Ivory movies, but those are presumably. Uh, those are of presumably better quality than Cold Mountain, which ha- there's a weird like the the quality of something like Cold Mountain or English Patient is there's this affectation of erudition. You know, it's supposed to be like fancy and they're using all of these shorthand things for this is supposed to be a work of serious import, but it comes across as sort of the McDonald's version of serious import. There's this there's this falseness because there is no real character behind the words it it's just sort of functions as uh, a, a, a straight up retelling and not like a personal vision like what are the qualities that like of anthony Minghella's idiosyncras- idiosyncrasies that he brings to those movies i think they're probably pretty esoteric idiosyncrasies like you'd have to be watching a lot of that kind of stuff to notice mm-hmm it's very bland. You, you know, like, uh, at least uh, with Christopher Nolan, with something like uh, with Dunkirk, at least you can tell it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you can you can criticize Christopher Nolan all you want because his movies are bland, and, like, in terms of Batman, if you think too hard about them, they're, like, the plots make no sense, and they're uh, politically monstrous, but who ah, who cares about that? Uh, but I guess sort of like that, that sort of blandness and faux sense of import people also have against Christopher Nolan. But in his case, I can tell it's a Christopher Nolan movie. At least there is some distinctness about it. There is, uh, idiosyncratic qualities of Nolan movies that make me feel like I'm getting insight into, uh, the, the dreams of a, a, a weirdo. Which is sort of what I like in movies. You know, auteur theory, I guess, is flawed, but I, I, I sort of like movies that yeah. are more representative of personal visions. Those are the best than... movies. I mean, the ones, everyone knows these who these directors are that, you know, you definitely are going to watch their next movie, like Tarantino or the Coen Brothers or P.T. Anderson. And yeah, because always... it's fun to be in those worlds. Yeah. You, you enter into a different world when you're in those movies. I guess like what's there you don't you don't enter into any world when you're watching something like Cold Mountain. Well, yeah, I mean maybe like if I was still in my history buff time, which I am not in right now, but I'll probably return to, then I was I might like Cold Mountain, but it's interesting that I didn't like it cuz you know, I liked the Civil War in terms of history. Mm-hmm. But I just this movie sucked. <laughs> I don't know. It's like very anachronistic for for how the movies were being or you know modern movies post to the year 2000. Mm-hmm. It's like a throwback to it's like a movie that you might I don't think it would have been any different if he made this movie in 1989 versus 2003. So have you seen The Last Duel? No, with Matt Damon. Yeah, the last duel is. It's not even a historical epic. The story is very contained, apparently, but it's it was also tanking, 
and people blamed millennials who are oh what? <laughs> they, they, yeah. they don't want to right. see it, uh, any of these history movies. You can't just I get blaming millennials is just like blaming everyone like that. You're just blaming yourself because millennials are the majority. So those experiential it's fu- it's funny that uh, Dunkirk in 1917 came out around within the same like three year period. Because I think people, especially since Saving Private Ryan really codified it, people like experiential war movies. Movies where it feels like you're in the shit. Especially, yeah. you know, they're, dad, they're good dad movies. Cold Mountain tries that. Like, they tried to, to do a Saving Private Ryan-style kind of opening, actually. Mm-hmm. And they, do, they actually do that. That's mentioned in the reviews. Um, where a bunch of Union soldiers are... It starts off with basically a bunch of Union soldiers being massacred by Confederate soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of annoying. It's like, why put that in a movie? It's like, here's a here's a movie where the Nazis are gonna kill a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of good guys. So I was, it, it underscores the seriousness of it. You know, there's stakes. There's real stakes. What's the plot of Cold Mountain? Some I, army guy just has to get back to Cold Mountain. Yeah, I did. I think, Does he yeah, need they, help I, I didn't get far enough to get to the plot, but I think Renelle Zellweger comes in, and oh, Renee no. Zellweger and uh, Nicole Kidman have to get back to Cold Mountain, and Cold Mountain is just like a place in North Carolina, and that's mm-hmm. as far. I didn't even get that far. I just turned it off. So yeah, I'm a good decision. I've been watching the second season of Tiger King, which is surprisingly great. Uh, great in what sense? In that there's there's more to the story. Like I thought mm. it would just be. Um, like kind of a cash grab, but there's actually a lot more shit that's going on. Yeah. It's good. I recommend uh, Tiger King Season 2. I tried watching Tiger King in when everyone was very gung-ho about it, but there was something... Um, I, I'm, and not that I'm saying, like, you're bad for watching Tiger King, but its particular brand of exploitation of these young, like, insane meth twinks was... I don't know. Oh, well, that's not the show. That's the guy. Yeah, the show's not. But sometimes it feels like the show is doing it, at least in the first season. No, the show's not doing that. That's just the guy that's doing it. I mean, the show is gleeful about it because. (laughs) But it it turns out that those young those young twinks are also assholes. So okay, so it's fine. Everyone is an is a huge asshole in the show, and everyone is insane, and everyone has internet brain, and it's just Mm. really interesting to watch. Um, We're also watching Succession. Season, yeah, I've been three. I've been watching a lot of Succession. No I'm spoilers. on season two. No I'm I'm not. I haven't watched any of season three yet. Oh, but it's good. It's is it is it good or is it just like well made? I guess I guess it's good because it is well made. It, it's like objectively well put together. Like the performances are great. All of the characters are very well drawn. Uh, it looks beautiful. The music is fantastic. Like I can't remember the last television theme song that I could instantly hum, which I which counts a lot for me, and because that theme yeah. song figures a lot into the score of the show. I think it's which, very mad. It's Mad Men esque. Yeah, it's but it's more overtly a comedy than Mad Men. I feel. Yes, it is. Um, but the theme song itself is just like a very Mad Men theme song, and. You know, they're all business people drinking and being profane mm-hmm. and showing the seamy side. Uh, yeah, and it's supposed to denigrate them, but it just ends up glamorizing it because right. how could it not? 
Well, um, yeah, and Kieran Culkin is. I think it's Kieran, right? Yeah, Kieran Culkin. He's a great. Roman. Everybody loves Roman. Yeah, yeah, Roman's the best guy. He steals the show every time. Yeah, he's he's a, just got a weird little elf energy. Yeah, he's know? gonna go far, I think. Yeah, he's he's already he's already a cultural stalwart. Cultural stalwart, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, he should be getting the roles that Timothée Chalamet is getting. Timothée. I don't, they don't have the same energy. He's, he's not like cheekbone androgyne, Dude, which Ke- is a thing that most people want. Kieran Culkin should have been in Dune instead of Timothée Chalamet. Kieran, Kieran Culkin has, uh, he would bring a different energy to Paul. <laughs> yeah. Or like no. Paul with like wiry, <laughs> jittery Roman, energy. Roman as Paul Atreides. Yeah. Well, why don't you just suck my fuck? fucking cock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. We're talking about fucking Fremen bitches constantly. Saying he has a way with them. Oh my god. Uh yeah, succession is good because uh it's fun to be friends with bad people. You know? Yeah, well you ever, so- are you ever friends with somebody that you just know is a terrible person, but they're very funny, so you're friends with them anyway? Um I'm trying to think if that's I don't know. I can't think of no. anyone. No, I I guess I tend to, I tend to try and not hang around people who I've deemed to be terrible. Yeah, I don't hang around anybody. So I <laughs> you mean, hang around the baby. I have been inside for a week. I went outside for the first time today to get groceries, and now I'm going to be inside for another week. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's that's you're on Twitter more than usual. No, same amount. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, you know, we had American Thanksgiving this week, and, of course, we did that over Zoom. Yeah. Still not doing any kind of... Well, we can't go anywhere because of the baby, but now we've got the Omicron variant. Omicron variant. Apparently, it's it's nothing. It's just like a bunch of nothing. It's not that lethal or anything. I don't... They don't know anything about it. Okay. I think it's... I mean, what I think and what makes sense is that viruses, like evolved to become more easily spreadable and less intense mm-hmm. that's just kind of how they evolve more like easily spreadable like, like the, yeah it spreads it'll spread easy but it won't be as bad so i kind of expect it to go that way mm-hmm. but who knows yeah what if we're just in perpetual viral time mm. that would be great i don't think it's gonna last that long but it might last uh I don't know. It, it should. I think we should start to really stop doing stuff about the coronavirus by March of next year. That's yeah, the, all the relevant people will have died. By that's then. what I'm going to probably hit my limit. Because yeah. I remember at the beginning, I was like, "Okay, two years of staying inside, I can handle that." Mm-hmm. And uh, once I hit two years of staying inside, I'm going to probably, uh, you know, have a nervous breakdown and buy a Mazda Miata and. Get a tattoo and a dick dick enlargement surgery. Get the dick and finally getting the dick enlargement. Finally surgery. doing it. I'm finally uh, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I squirreled away my dollars for many years, and I'm finally putting a big sack of saline in my penis. Yeah, I'm injecting myself with uh, glycerol uh, to make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we couldn't afford the good glycerol, really, but. Uh... So we're so we're going with the off-brand synthol. That's known that's known as Tumorsol. 
inject some tumorsol into your penis and make it look like a, a gooey duck. You ever seen a gooey duck? No. Spelled geoduck, but wow. that's insane. Mm-hmm. They're big old, the bivalves with big old penises. They're not penises, that's their body, but they look like dicks. Do you know who Wakefield Pool is? No, that sounds like a made-up name. There's a New York Times obituary. Wakefield Pool, pioneer in gay pornography, dies at 85. That's amazing. What? Read more. Read more right now. I'm My very dad is going to cancel Pool. his New York Times subscription for the fourth time this month now. Because of Wakefield Pool? Because of the word pornography. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's got to send him a message. Okay, so you know? this is how the, the obituary starts describing Wakefield Pool as going to like a porn movie theater in the early 70s and saying to his friend, this is the worst, ugliest movie I've ever seen. Somebody ought to be able to make a better porno. <laughs> And so then, oh, that's kind of nice. And then, he, and so he set out to make better gay porn. I I love Wakefield Pool. What what are his credits? You know, would I know uh, any of his gay porn? Boys in the Sand. Boys in the Sand. Perfect. Uh, the title is a spoof on the Boys in the Band, the groundbreaking 1968 play about What's, gay men is, in New is York. Boys in the Sand? It's somehow less homoerotic than Jarhead, which huh. is also about Boys in the Sand. That's funny. <laughs> I never saw Jarhead. Is that a good one? Sure. It's it's about how it's sort of like that that spate of of realistic military things, pseudo realistic military things like Generation Kill, David Chase's generation, uh, not David Chase, David Simon's Generation Kill. Like there was all sorts of those shows out, and Jarhead is of that like gritty, realistic Iraq. Sort of the Hurt Locker is also kind of in that genre mm. as well, but Jarhead is more explicitly about how fucked up military life is. We we passed by the last is it the last duel. I think a little too quickly. I had a question about that. The last duel, yeah. Uh, that's uh, is that Ridley Scott? It's Ridley Scott. Um, did you see it? No, no. I've heard good things. Everyone's saying that oh, this movie it's huh. pretty good. Is it streaming? You know. Streaming somewhere? I don't think it's streaming. God damn I don't these think fucking it's movie yet. theaters. I hope movie yeah. theaters go out of business. The <laughs> Why one don't by, you like... Well, I'm pissed because the, the one right by my house did go out of business. And so, like, I can't go see, I can't go see movies. I have to drive 20 minutes now instead of five minutes. And it's... Mm. So that's annoying. That's why I want them to all go out of business. There you go. If you can't have it, nobody should have that's it. That's right. I think that's a classic attitude. I'm going to have more of that attitude. If I can't have it, nobody can have it. I think that will end up being productive. Mm. What would I? What can't I have? Uh, <laughs> the right to say the N-word. No, nobody should have that. No, that would, no except for Dave me? Chappelle. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's oh, the God. only guy who can say it, and he called an entire high school the N-word just the other day. Um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know this story. I like I don't I don't know if it's accurately reported or not, but this whole Dave Chappelle discourse is continuing. Why? Why does this get? Why does this need to keep happening? He told a bunch of high schoolers like, "You guys ain't shit compared to me." That's so funny. He basically oh said, God. "I'm Dave Chappelle, bitch." Like seriously, like I'm Rick James, bitch. Yeah, very funny. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, people are uh, even I don't know the veracity of the story or like what the details are on it. I, I would have had to have been there. But um, the idea of <laughs> just the idea of just someone who's famous and has all these laurels and is beloved within their own community, just constantly trying to seek approval of this audience that just isn't responsive to him is very like, what do you care? Yeah. Stop doing this. Just get, just rent, get an Island or something. Well, he's got that. He's got a house in Ohio. Where, Loves Ohio. And he can, where he can go, you know, I think he describes in his special how he, he's, he's got a foot fetish. He basically admits he's basically got a foot fetish. And he likes Ohio because he's like, all the white women here are barefoot. Mm. So he's, <laughs> he's got, That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. He's, got, uh, he's like, I think in a previous special, too, he was like, it ain't rape if it's with feet. Yeah, he's a foot which guy. Is, which is, oh, what a, what a great, tasteful joke, Dave Chappelle. You see, it's so easy to be a foot guy. You can get, you can wring a lot of jokes from it because it's like, uh, it's 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 common enough that people are like, oh, that's normal. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's a balloon guy. Imagine being a balloon guy, um, or like a latex guy. A balloon? What's you the, couldn't make latex jokes? What's the balloon thing? Uh, some people are just aroused at balloons, or you know, okay. being inflated like a balloon. Being or, inflated. There know, we go. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I want you to. I like it. Me. Yeah, I like the idea of being inflated and then forming a perfect sphere and then you know releasing the gas out of me and flying around the room. You'll have to. You'll have to. Once I'm inflated all the way, you'll have to sand my stubby arms down to make me a perfect circle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get you to the stubby arm center. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of that fucking blueberry shit. You ever seen that blueberry shit? You mean people, Willy Wonka? Yeah, people saw Willy Wonka when they were kids and got fetishes out of it because they saw Violet Beauregard <laughs> blow up like a blueberry and were like, oh, ooh, oh my God. <laughs> I kind of want that to happen to me. Oh, speaking uh, of Timothée Chalamet, Wonka. Wonka, yeah, he's gonna have there's and yet another yet another generation of people are gonna get blueberry pilled. Gr- gritty, gritty, dark Wonka. Is it gonna be a gritty dark Wonka? Yeah, hell yeah, it's gonna be like gritty dark Wonka, and he's gonna enslave six million Oompa Loompas. It's funny because in the trailer to Ready Player One, there was already a slowed down dark version of Pure Imagination. Oh, Come very funny. With me, and you see. And yeah, you know, one of those. He's gonna play Wonka as a very like, you know, insane German guy, like nineteen thirty three German guy, like Welcome Oompa Loompas to my laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna there's gonna be a, a scene where he does a live vivisection of an Oompa Loompa. It's where you yeah. it's where you cut someone up and expose their innards while they're still yeah. alive. And what we are seeing here is they actually have three kidneys, but they are not like kidneys. Rather, they are different types of organs that I have called the strumpf. <laughs> they have the extra kidney to process all the sugar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're paid in candy. They're diabetic. They're all di- they're all, they're all they're dying of diabetes and having to amputate yeah. their feet. 
Yeah. Oh, it's just the chocolate river is littered with Oompa Loompa. Feet. Living in a Oompa Loompa concentration camp. Yeah, that's no good. Well, you know the, that's what the Oompa Loompas get for for you know siding with Tojo. Yeah, the know. reason they're enslaved, it turns out that they were the ones who were administrating like the the furnaces at Auschwitz. Oh, well, it's it's not funny. George Takei was in an Oompa Loompa camp when he was a kid. So. A camp? You mean a camp run by Oompa Loompas? No, no, he was. <laughs> yes. Because before, it, so it, before Wonka got the Oompa Loompas, they were they were the ones doing all the camps, running all the camps. Yeah, they were the ones running all the. They were they were good labor. They don't question it. You know, they're paid in candy, and you know Germany is the land of chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Simpsons yeah. line, I think. Oompa Loompa Loompa Dee Doo, off to the gas chamber for you. No, wow, no. wrong. That's I, b- I bet a lot of 13-year-olds would like this part of the podcast. Yeah, a lot of 13-year-olds who love the Willy... What if Willy Wonka was Auschwitz? Yeah, so during, during our Willy what Wonka if, What Nazi if it was bit, Willy Wonka's munitions factory? This is a good time for you to go visit House of Decline. What if it was Wonka's list? <laughs> like Schindler's list? Yeah. <laughs> He's dressing up a bunch of Jews as Oompa to work at his factory. To get them out of Germany? Uh, no Jews here. No Jews here. Just we make candy. We make ice cream that does not melt. How whimsical, yeah. yeah. Have a, you have a brutal Amon Goth played by Ray, Rafe Fiennes. Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Do you also call him Rape Fiennes? I call Rape. him Rape, no. Rape Fiennes in my head. That's what I always call him. You want to see this Rape Fiennes? <laughs> His name is Ralph, but it's pronounced Rafe. Right. Rafe Al Ghul. I was running the Rafe in in Halo. Got knocked off on the Rafe. Are you playing the new Halo? No, I don't. I have no. I have no nostalgia for Halo because I never owned an Xbox, and any time I played it, people were much better at it than me. So I was like, I don't like this game. The fun thing that's happening with Halo is that all the Zoomers are trying to play it and they're getting their asses beat for the first time. Why? Is it a particularly difficult game? Or no, well, it's much to... different than the shooters they're used to. Mm. So the shooters they're used to, do never you never have the... Well, hold on, let me, let me not misspeak. But the shooters they're used to are all like the... You know, Fortnite, Warzone. Oh, the third-person shooters. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that Halo... Halo is first-person, though. Yeah, Halo's first-person, but they're used to playing third-person shooters. Warzone Wait, is, is Fortnite first-person? First, I don't know about Fortnite, Fortnite but well. Warzone is first-person. But it's just like, I think it's slower. I think you move slower in Halo. And mm. they're also playing against people who know Halo backwards and forwards. They got the muscle memory. Yeah. They got the Halo muscle memory. Well, the reason why we're talking about Billy Joel at the beginning of the episode is because we're talking about moving out. This is the reverse, the reverse inside-out segue, where we, where we do the segue at the top of the show, and then thirty mm-hmm. minutes in, yeah, we, this is we're blowing your mind. It's the reverse, backwards on top, reverse cowgirl segue. Yeah, this is like the Pulp Fiction of segues. You know, there's all sorts of time time dilations. Well, but, I, I but thought, you were thinking about moving. You I was moved thinking about moving because we week. were moving stuff around the house. You know, we moved, um, 
We moved my daughter into her own bedroom for the first time. She's four months old, so mm-hmm. now she's got her own bedroom. Uh, she's taken to it by not napping as well over this break, but this coming week I'll whip her back into napping shape. She'll be napping and incre- incredible naps, naps like you've never seen before. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so I started thinking about all the different times I've moved Moved mm-hmm. a lot as a kid. Because uh, you were an army brat and no. your dad worked for the State Department. No, no, no. Just uh, not, probably not probably not as much as an army brat, but my dad moved to us. Him and me moved to North Carolina when I was going into ninth grade. So I went into ninth grade in a new public school for the first time with girls. That was interesting. That was interesting. But you know, were move- you expected when moving to help out with the moving, or was it just movers? Oh doing yeah, I had to help. I had to carry boxes, and pack okay. boxes. It was a it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So we moved moved there, and then a year, eleven months, not eleven months go by, and we moved back. So that's two. Why two... he didn't like it? No, he didn't like it there. I thought mm-hmm. it was okay. I would have probably mm-hmm. done really well at the public school and gone to a different college, had a had a yeah. whole different life, you know. I think I probably yeah, would have been a lot more happy <laughs> if we had as stayed. opposed to the as opposed to the Catholic all boys school, the anti-Semitic Catholic all boys. Yeah, school. especially for high school, you know, I because you know, getting interested in girls, I would have been. I mean, I probably would have like gotten a girlfriend maybe a little earlier and dealt with some of my weird issues and probably had a easier time in co- dating in college and not been uh, drinking all the time, but. You know, hey, can't let uh, the past uh, be bygones and whatnot. So hey, can't focus on that. Maybe that version of Stephen dies in a horrible motorcycle accident because he has the confidence to become a motorcycle guy. Yeah, and I, that is his folly. I end I end up in someone's uh, living room on off the Brooklyn Expressway or whatever, like Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Except I'm dead. <laughs> Except in you this die story. of a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how they in Long Island. He's <laughs> when they're phoning nine one one. He's my uncle. He's having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> that in, you mean Brooklyn nine one one? Is that what you said? Brooklyn nine. <laughs> Is that what that's in? No, no. Wait, what? What? No, it's not Brooklyn nine nine. What's Brooklyn Nine Nine? I don't know. I thought you said that the rep, what you were referring to was from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I didn't hear. What no, you said. no, it's from Billy Joe. I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing a guy from uh, uh, from uh, Huntington. Okay. You know, calling the nine one one line, complaining that his uncle is having a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. Mm. Yeah, that would be a good. Because they can't day. say it normal because they're be a, on Long Island. You should be a comedy writer. You should. Go I should on. be a comedy guy. They would love me there in the in the comedy rooms. You know, I could write for a Michael Schur show. Yeah, you should. There yeah. should be a new Michael Schur show based on um, what should the idea be? What's the pitch for the new? Well, Michael it's a workplace sitcom. Okay. We've done police. We've done government. Mm-hmm. We've done retail. So the last place is uh, NGO. It's going to be the the. It's and it's going to be called Charity Cases, and. <laughs> mm. And uh, it's going to be about people who are uh, working at this NGO and they are unfulfilled because it's mostly just glad handing. And the first season is going to be about them failing. But then the second season is going to be about them succeeding. And everyone will like the second season a lot more. So I was thinking about moving and 
you know, moving a long time ago in, in 2003 or four, mm-hmm. we, we drove from Texas to North Carolina. And so we stayed in a lot of funny places, like a lot of interesting mm-hmm. hotels. Remember anyone in particular? There was one hotel that was like a, you know, the liminal space uh, Twitter bot that posts pictures of quote unquote liminal spaces. Yes. There's one hotel that was a very much like a liminal space because for some reason we we were I think maybe the only people in this hotel that we booked yeah. and it was it's a huge That's very spooky hotel like for it hosted conventions in the past mm. so there's grand ballrooms a huge swimming pool and no one is in it and no one is there like looking after it we're just staying in one room and it's like a huge complex that we're in yeah it's like we're riding your big wheel throughout the hallways well i I got out of the massacre twins i like got out of went out of my room after my dad went to bed and just like took a swim in the swimming pool and no Mm -hmm. one was there and it was very spooky and surreal and Mm -hmm. maybe a little liminal kind of like i was stepping between the boundaries of two worlds yeah you clipped out of bounds and now you're just in the dev version of what the world is. And we, we also stayed in Tennessee at some point, and that was scary because there were some real, like, southern people there, you know, really scary <laughs> southern people. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've only been, whenever I've been to the south, I've been in urban centers. So it's always very, like, howdy, we're, well, we're when, nice, clean, urban, PC, southern people. I mean, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. I was just having panic attacks due to, like, PTSD at the time and, you know, still have those. But, like, fire, they were setting off fireworks, and it made me, like, ex- like cold, like, scared on the inside. I was, like, shitting, my, shitting myself, uh, you know. Because you were afraid they were going to start sending rockets into your house. They I don't know attacking what. with little rockets. I thought they were like going to, I don't know, going to come beat us up or something for being from Texas, which is like the, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Is that is that a thing? <laughs> is there like a lot of animosity hey. between Tennesseans? Yeah, a bunch of Tennessee. Hey, there's two white guys from Texas. We're going to go get them. <laughs> Let's get them. We don't take kind yeah, of they... your your kind down. Your kind here. <laughs> fellow white guy with a southern state that also starts with te we don't take too kindly it's like of course yeah, they, they they're do. they're weird mexican nationalist no. tennesseans who's no. like you took the rightful land of santa Ana and you will give it back that i just i didn't know at the time i was having just you know panic attacks and, and stress due to other things but i was terrified i wish i could could have relaxed had a good time in tennessee any, oh, any, at, at any point between the ages of 13 to 29. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to relax. It's hard to like genuinely feel relaxed. I, I don't think I like even because even when you are relaxing, there's that little there's that little uh, nubbin of doubt at the back of your head, you know, constantly going, you're wasting your time. That's why you, you could gotta, be doing something else. You kill that nubbin with a heavy dose of tetrahydrocarbonidol. Tetrahydrocannabidol. Tetrahydrocorba weed. Just do mm. weed. Cannabinoids. 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 But I was wondering yeah, if you hadn't. You mean you moved. Technically, you moved from Canada to the United States and back. So yeah, but I moved to college in the. I didn't have any. I didn't have any possessions. 
You had so, a trumpet. You had a, the trumpet on your back. I had I had a trumpet on my back. I was I was uh, I was a troubadour. I was hitchhiking my way across <laughs> upstate New York, giving trumpet renditions of Mariah Carey songs for for blowjobs, and you know, that's how that's how I would make my skin. So you'd pay, yeah. you'd pay someone for a blow. <laughs> <laughs> I would play the trumpet version of the Mariah Carey tune, and, and they then would they would you... suck my dick was... because of how good it was. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's awesome, uh, man. Um, yeah, these are, and you know, I made my way. I made my way from Albany to Syracuse. On the, uh, that's my only memories of sort of travel between where I was is just um, taking that long train ride between uh albany and toronto where you'd pass through all the weird bombed out uh upstate new york cities that are just like uh, that nobody lives in anymore and so have this also have a liminal quality where it is emptier than it should be like you yeah. ever been to downtown buffalo never been to buffalo actually well I've been, through great. I've been through it but never stopped in buffalo Buffalo is low-key a great city. It also has some of the most beautiful architecture ever in America. They kept all their old Art Deco buildings, mm. and uh, they're a sight to behold. But it is a city that is meant for more people than uh, its largeness would suggest. These uh, these kinds of cities will, I think, be rediscovered shortly. Yeah, because hopefully, because they're cheap, they're also urban centers. There's no yeah. reason why it can't have like a, a vibrant cultural scene. Well, we're gonna get to that, you know. After Omicron, we're going to have whatever comes, LMNO, we're going to have Pi, we're going to have the Pi variant. Mm-hmm. Then what comes after Pi in the Greek alphabet? All the Greek alphabets, Rho. Yeah, we're going to have, have a the bunch. the Rho variant. And at, at some point, it's everyone is gonna, who can work from home will be working from home. And, uh, you know, global warming won't matter anymore because we'll be an indoor people. We'll be an inside type of guy, you know? Do you think when Greek fascists execute people, they go, Opa! No. I don't know. No. Are you there, think when the Golden are, Dawn? There are yeah. Greek fascists. It's called oh, the, there's tons of Greek called, fascists. You said Golden Dawn, right? Golden Dawn, yeah. yeah. That's uh, funny. I guess. Yeah, it's funny that it's the Aleister Crowley. It's also the Aleister Crowley and Yates thing. It'd be funny to be like a 20th century, like an early 20th century, late 19th century spiritualist, like a Madame Blavatsky type, you know, and attend a bunch of seances. Maybe I should start hosting a bunch of seances, like, but like hipster seances. Okay. Yeah. You feeling like you need a little more excitement in your life? Uh, I think you can generate excitement by like pretending you have spiritual powers and then just rolling with it and then pretending so hard you go with it. Like maybe just becoming a ghost hunter, but a legit ghost hunter, you know? You know, yeah. <laughs> I get like certified. That I was watching Ghostbusters. I, I put on Ghostbusters the other day and uh, for some reason, uh, can you get a PhD in parapsychology at, at, like, a major university? Is that a thing that actually happens? I mean, a lot of the things in that movie are questionable. I don't know. I don't think so. But the joke that I found myself laughing at that I never noticed as a kid was the, the reason why they can afford the fire station building is because Ray mortgages his house at 19%, which I was, 
At nineteen percent, you didn't even bargain with the guy, and I wow. was in stitches at that line. I had never noticed how high of an interest rate that is. Yeah, you don't, you don't. The interest rate jokes kind of pass over your head as a kid. Yeah, but that's Ghostbusters. Did you ever have like uh, Ghostbusters action figures as a kid, or knew people that had Ghostbusters? No, I just ha- exclusively had the gayest uh, Batman and Robin from George Clooney Batman and Robin action figures. <laughs> the that's, bat nipples. That's all I had. The Joel Schumachers. Uh, those movies are great. Yeah, I was thinking very homosexual. Him, he should change his name to J R R Schumacher. <laughs> J Why Why should he change his name to J R? <laughs> to To be like Tolkien and uh, the Game of Thrones guy. Sure, you're right. I guess I guess George R R Martin did do the R Rs as an homage to J R R Tolkien. It's unclear, but it's come come on, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. I think it was on Trillbillies. They said they they deduced the reason. Maybe that's not not a deduction. Maybe it's more of an induction for why mm-hmm. uh, Clooney's nipples were hard in that movie. And mm-hmm. the answer is because of Mister Freeze. It's cold in there. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's a cold movie. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freaking. Uh, yeah. Moving. Uh, my moving story, what's, what's a, the, the only thing, uh, my moving story is like maybe moving my dad into his divorce apartment, Ooh. which was underneath my aunt's, which was in my aunt's basement, which was, uh, that was, that was just, uh, a harrowing so, experience so how, of how taking old, how his meager amount of stuff. Oh, I was 12. Nice. Nice. We were moving yeah. with our dads, our single dads, yeah. both single dads. roughly the same time. Yeah, and uh, he just wasn't working. He was too depressed to work. Nice, same. And so he was relying on the uh, relying on the help of his sister at the time, and taking care of her newborn daughter, who is now very, who is now old. It's time. <laughs> she, yeah, okay. She's she's like what eight? She's like eighteen or twenty now. That's she's not old. she's twenty now. Yeah, that, but you know, it's the passage of time. Because I was young then, and now they're an adult, and I feel I feel old. They so don't know nine eleven. Yeah, my cousin. And her name is nine eleven. Her name is nine eleven. She was named for the event. <laughs> it's like in Stranger Things. Like, hi, my name is nine eleven, and I can do <laughs> I can do psychic powers. Yeah, but only only flying planes and towers. I have telekinesis of the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> I have aerokinesis. <laughs> so I can only psychically push airplanes into big towers. Yeah, what a what a great horror movie that would be. Re- There's no ah, oh, it would piss off the nine eleven conspiracy people so much to make a horror movie about a little girl, the little girl makes the nine eleven planes go into the building and she's who's responsible. <laughs> Uh, you just made me think of an idea of like a bunch of American terrorists trying to fly a plane into the Burj Khalifa. That's my. <laughs> I don't know what the, what is the what is that? That's the tallest building in the world and in the United Arab Emirates. Oh hell yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna hell yeah, <laughs> let's roll. They would they would all say let's roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's Arabic people being like, oh, did they just say let's roll? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Unroll. 
They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to deal with it. They've never met a force like the American American Terror Squad. The See, actual. If, I, if if Gore had been president, he probably would have suggested that. It's like we're not gonna retaliate. Instead, I suggest Americans go over there and fly planes into their buildings. That's just what he would have suggested. That is the type of logical deduction that that old Mister, old Mister Al Gore. Al Gore would have suggested. So we strayed. We strayed a little too far from a, a pretty good story. So, uh, so how did the move go with your dad? Oh, nothing. It's just like uh, it, the move was less eventful than the fact that it was just a very tiny basement with low ceilings. That it's only it's only a cooking device was a hot plate, mm-hmm. and you know the options were to either sleep on my floor or in the same bed as my dad when I went over there. And you chose. So, I chose floor, chose floor, so I could jerk off. Ah, uh, and also, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to sleep in the same bed as your dad. Yeah, what if you have a wet dream? Yeah, that's gross. That never happened to me. I think those are myths. No, it happened to me, but late in life, if you can believe it, when I was probably like twenty-two or twenty-three, and it was when I was sleeping on a floor. In- interesting. What about what about the floor? I don't know. It was so weird. I, I, but I had. <laughs> what was your experience? Because I, I was like, I was like you by twenty three or twenty four. I was like, okay, wet dreams don't exist. Yeah. And um, I go to visit Amsterdam. I was staying in, you know, remember George? Yeah, I remember George. So I, was, I love George. I, I got to Amsterdam before I could check into my hotel. I had to stay one night on George's floor. Mm-hmm. I had my my first and only wet dream there. It, maybe I've never had a wet dream because l- basically every night before I go to sleep, I jerk off in mm-hmm. order to sleep. Yeah. Which is like, so, I, so I'm protecting myself against that inevitability by preempting it. I do it to wake it. up, which is interesting. That is interesting because yeah. well, I don't, you don't I feel get the fiery burning afterwards. Do you get the fiery burning? <laughs> you get the fiery burning? Yeah, it wakes me right up. You get the fiery burning in your pee hole of your of your battery acid like semen scarring your urethral That's innards. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo! It's like rubbing a bunch. Of, it's like sounding with cayenne. Woo! It wakes you up in the morning. That'll put hair on your chest. That'll put arms in your coffee. That'll put fudge in your dungeon. Yeah, put the fudge in the dungeon. Putting the fudge in the dungeon and. Put the lemon on the coconut. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I love Harry Nilsson. Harry yeah. Nilsson is the best. Well, moving was the only topic we had today, so yeah, it was moving. We're we're all out of we're all out of juice. Let me think of another we time I moved. I moved. I remember like I think it was the end of freshman year. I moved out of my dorm into an apartment, and then I helped like two other people move the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good day. Because my getting, you know, moving into your first apartment, Mm -hmm. being like, wow, think about all the beer I can drink in this apartment. (laughs) And you fulfilled that. Yeah, I remember that that apartment, a basement apartment was the first place I got blackout drunk. And I turned up all the heat when I was blackout drunk. (laughs) I turned it up as high as it could go. And I woke up and I had gotten these two, these two, this like... Basically, two chairs that formed a sofa. If you pushed them together, I passed out on that, and the entire I had to throw them away because they were wet with sweat and pee, <laughs> completely. So they were soggy. They were soggy with sweat and pee. Oh, the warmth of the room made you pee yourself as well. 
Yeah. I uh, later realized I was probably having like a some kind of weird emotional reaction of having heard about someone having died. Remember yeah, that girl yeah. who was sw- swept away in a riptide? Yeah, that's the most, it's one of the most horrible ways to die. That's it's when I like, got blackout I, drunk the first time. I didn't have any kind of emotional reaction other than like, well, I guess I'm going to drink as many beers as I can. Mm-hmm. See what happens to me then. Oh, yeah, let's do an experiment here. We're we're doing, yeah. we're testing the old limits. So that was probably, you know, later I'm like, oh, I was probably like, I was probably having some kind of buried reaction to death of a peer that I knew mm-hmm. fairly well. But, you know. I'm fine yeah. now. Got no problems now. But that's like <laughs> death of a friend is an important one, because I, I, you know, it's a, it's the one which really introduces you to your own mortality. The one which is like I've seen I've seen it go for like older people, and it's sort of supposed to happen that way. But when it's someone your age and it's someone you know, you know, there's that real relation of self to that person i find you know whenever whenever people my age who i've known have passed away uh yeah i don't don't know moving i remember moving in and out of uh the place that we lived in Mm -hmm. in in red hook new york and mill road Mm -hmm. yeah yep uh and i remember <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really have any moving experience. I'm good at moving. I am. I, I don't have any I, negative experiences. Did you move it, into really. Mill Road before or after me? I don't remember. I think I moved in before you because I was going there when I was excommunicated from campus for my pot daily. That. Hmm. I don't remember. Then, I actually do not know. I. I don't remember the timeline of. Because when I met you, you were living in that other place. You had like, a, was it a lawn's place? Yes, it was that. Yes, that was like a talk about because uh, the person who was supposed to live in that place was a friend who died. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that memory is sort of colors moving out of that place and moving into this place where Max and two two women whose name I forget lived. Uh-huh. But all I remember from their their time at that house was the fact that they had a newborn kitten that wasn't instantly it, got run over. <laughs> isn't it Miriam and uh, I don't? Remember. No, no, it wasn't the. Was it wasn't Hannah? those two. It was, and uh, I don't know some okay. some very Manhattan-y uh, women who would show up in the television series You on mm, Netflix. I haven't seen it. Um, I can't remember who moved into Mill Road first. I I started going there because um. My dad basically kicked me out of his place for drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was having too good of a time drinking. Um, yeah. And so I weaseled my way into Mill Road and stayed there for quite some time until I became the de facto rent payer. Mm. And then I became the guy that the landlord would inter- inter- interact with. And yeah, he was that strange Israeli jewelry-making guy. I don't... Th- I thought he was Italian. I don't know what he... I thought he was involved with some shady business. Okay. Well, he let us trash his his big, nice house, so... Yep. But we we always paid the rent on time. I guess that's what matters. Yeah, it wasn't that difficult to we clean up. We didn't actually... But when I... Because you left before we actually all moved out. I was... I oversaw the entire operation of moving out. Dano and I took... I think it was about two truckloads of... Um, mm-hmm garbage 
<laughs> to the dump. It, yeah, it just accumulated detritus. Yeah, I mean, that was probably like 200 bucks worth of stuff that we had to, th- like, we had to pay 200 bucks to get rid of it. It was worth more than 200 bucks. You know, a lot of stuff. Uh, like well, tables, had, chairs, yeah. televisions. No, no real TVs. We didn't get rid of TVs, but a lot of people went through that house. I wonder if he's Well, still... right at the end, you can tell how it ended because there was eventually that guy, Paul, who would just say, that's so funny, oh, yeah. instead of laughing. Yeah, and he, well, was, he was a weird guy. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like him. I mean, yeah, you were But that was I... the death knell of that house. Were you, you, know, you, was were you Paul. there when he was there? I don't think you were. No, no, I was, I was in New York at that time. Well, this has been probably just fascinating for our listeners to listen to. Well, people, people want insights into our personal lives. After all, that's why you listen. Because there's a personal touch. But uh, I, I like guys like that. I like people that don't actually laugh but say, That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, I'm afraid he might listen to the show, but he probably won't. He probably won't. But, I mean, he's fine. I'm sure he's a fine guy. He was just like an exceptionally thick guy. It looked like he was like a, a golem made of dough that was brought to life. <laughs> um, I feel bad because I was mean to him. Like, for a while. Because he was very tough to live with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine to be mean to roommates. I mean, sometimes your relationships with roommates deteriorate deteriorate for one reason or another. He just... The problem is that he just always wanted to hang out and be part of, like, the friend group there. And Mm -hmm. he just wasn't a good fit. And he... He's a kind of guy who shouldn't have gone to Bard. He went to Bard because his dad worked there and he could get a you know great discount so he's the kind of yeah. guy who should have gone to like uvm a school with guys who love skiing yeah instead of a school for guys with long guys hair who, like, who love crying who love the jesus and mary chain yeah. yeah like guys who love to sit on a couch on ketamine yeah <laughs> that's that's the top activity you know <laughs> Uh, when we were there, it was the height of the hipster culture, which doesn't really exist now or has become so ingrained in mainstream society that people don't even notice it existing. Right. Like I see a lot of these Zoomers with like the the fancy glasses and the mustaches and people aren't like, oh, that's a hipster guy. People are, no, people are just like, oh, that's just a guy. That's That's no longer a cultural signifier because I guess, you know, any sort of cachet or or niche interest that the hipster culture had eventually became bought out you know sim- symbolically with like vice getting bought out by fox and then destroying like one of the most popular indie music venues in brooklyn in order to do it death by audio mm. yeah well you know music is music is dead no this there's no Everybody loves uh, a boozy badass, an NBA young boy, and I don't know. These are probably old rappers by now. There's probably some new SoundCloud rapper called Lil Zerp. Is SoundCloud like even like? Thing. Is SoundCloud even a, a, a viable career path for young rappers, or is it still viable? I think it's still one of the biggest ways of promoting yourself. I think SoundCloud hip hop is still very, mm. very much a thing. I don't know. I feel like Spotify and the other streaming sites, it's pretty, they've made it easier to get on, I think. Yeah, but I think SoundCloud still has that sort of 
there's that homemade quality that stuff on SoundCloud has. There's that DIY quality, which I think figures into a lot of what makes mm-hmm. current hip hop have a sense of authenticity. I I don't know what I'm saying. I have no idea what it, I don't listen to yeah. anything past I don't think 20, 20, 2015. Would lo- I would love to talk to like a really hip and with it 20 year old and just be like, can you explain? Tell me what the tell what me are these cool. terms? Yeah, tell yeah. me what's cool. I want to know what's cool these days. I feel like there are people our age who are dialed into that culture, and to them, I say, you know, bravo, because I'm just I'm just tired all the time, and I just want to listen to my old stories. Um, I got an album wreck to end the show. I listened okay. to it today. Uh, <laughs> I listened to an album called Cerulean by a band mm-hmm. called The Ocean Blue, and I have to tell you, I found it delightful. How what's uh what's it sound like? What's a genre? It's like a it's like a nice cross between eighties art pop and nineties indie. Ah, like a talk talk record or something. Yeah, a little less gloomy. All right. Yeah, talk talk's a little gloomy. Uh, a the little ocean too gloomy blue for not. All right. Where are they from? Are they recent? Are they no? Modern? No, this was from nineteen ninety one. So oh, I don't know okay. where they're from. They sounded maybe not American, but I don't mm. know. Who knows? Well, we've been talking about moving, and so now we're ending with Billy Joel's Moving Out. I don't know how the song goes. I'm moving out. I'm moving my stuff out. Put it in boxes, the candelabras. I'm moving like a turtle outside of my house. Moving out. Yes, we're moving out, baby. This is Billy Joel's moving out hmm. yeah we're getting all your stuff and we're locking all your stuff upside of your storage unit there's a lyric i looked up the lyrics there's a lyric for moving out that's you should never argue with a crazy man 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 it's i guess is um the same heart attack thing that he does heart attack ta- yeah. ac- 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 this is one thing, thing you know he likes that well we're done. <laughs> happy american thanksgiving uh see you next week folks Bye, y'all.